Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 39 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with Ben Finnegan, all the way from Santa Cruz, California. Hi, Johnny. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm actually... I'm a friend and a fan, and uh, definitely, definitely really stoked to be on the podcast today. I'm stoked that you finally made it out to Thailand. Ben has the craziest story on how he basically bootstrapped his business uh, and his life to make it out here. <laughs> uh, so I got an email from Ben about a month ago, which I'll post up on the show notes of uh, here at episode 39. But basically, Ben was saying that he's now making $1,000 a month from his dropshipping store, and he, but he's spending, you know, how much? How much was your rent and all that stuff back home? Um, just bare minimum essentials, like just for food, rent, uh, water. Uh, not even paying for car insurance or anything because I rode a bike everywhere. Uh, my living expenses in California were about twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars per month. And so Ben was, even though he was making money through his uh, like a profitable online store, he was actually going in debt every month just by being. In California. Yeah. So every single month I was accruing, uh, like I said, about 300 to $500 of debt every single month. And, you know, I, I was, uh, I just finished a podcasting and a uh, web design internship and just finished school as well. So I was really in a bad situation in terms of finances. And so uh, although my, my uh, web design uh, internship was turning into a paid job. I was only going to be making about ten to fifteen dollars per hour uh, starting out, and so it didn't really make sense for me to stick around in California and be buried in debt. So instead, I decided to sell everything and move out here. Uh, <laughs> and we're gonna get to that story in a second because some crazy stuff happened. Uh, he ended up buying three different plane tickets to get out of here, um, but this kind of shows the dedication and. I remember in the email you said, or the Facebook message you said that it was after listening to episode 32, which is the one with uh, Devere, the 19-year-old kid, that you decided to finally come out. Yeah, so listening to Devere was really, really um, important for me because he talked about the cost of living being so cheap and how little he was spending on a day-to-day -day basis. And although you talk to other people on your podcast, episode 32 was really important for me because Devere was someone who wasn't making a ton of money already online. Instead, he was making a few hundred dollars a month, maybe even over a thousand, but he wasn't really killing it online. And so I felt uh, empowered to be able to come out here and bootstrap. Well, what I like about your story is, I mean, even though that, that seems like a long time ago, I'm looking at the date right now, and that was exactly two months ago. So to go from getting rid of all your stuff to moving on here within two months, it's still a very fast process, because I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, if, if you could say, hey, two months from now, you can be out in Thailand, mm -hmm. they, would, they would think that's a very fast process. Yeah, and so um, I, I, I'm not necessarily a business success myself uh, yet, but what... I can uh, what I can offer your your listeners is a story of not necessarily business success, but the uh, perhaps the the blueprint for somebody who's thinking about coming out here and bootstrapping. And you know, I 
I listened to that podcast and the same day I decided this is it. So I posted my car on Craigslist. I sent in my my passport to uh, the Thai embassy to get a visa and I bought a ticket that same day just to make sure that I was committed. And that's a big thing was when I first brought this up to to my immediate circle, my friends, uh, I got a lot of blowback. A lot of people saying that this was a bad choice and and coming up with all these reasons why I shouldn't come out here. And now I've been in Thailand, uh, this is my third day, uh, and I've got to say that all those were unfounded. Yeah, and you know, honestly, from my point of view of sitting here in Thailand, when you tell me that, when you when I was talking to you back home, I thought you being back home was the stupidest idea ever because by making $1,000 online, it's not a lot, right? I mean, it's that, you know, that's minimum wage back home, but you're able to do that location independently. So by being back in the US and putting money on your credit card every month and having that go up higher, I mean, so basically instead of having $1,000 a month in profit, you know, after your rent and your cost of living, just being in California, you're going in debt by $500 a month every month. While in the exact same situation, if you did nothing different, if you still made that exact same $1,000 and you're out here and you're spending 600, you'd be in, the, you know, you'd be saving up $400 a month and you'd have time to build your business and you'd be surrounded by, uh, by other entrepreneurs who are doing the same thing. And, and you said that was a big, big reason why you wanted to come out, right? Yeah. And that, that is actually the main reason why I decided to come out. Um, Back, back in California, even though I'm in a pretty cool beach town, uh, which is great for people who are into surfing and mountain biking and extracurricular activities, uh, for folks that are interested in, in starting a business, uh, the startup scene isn't quite developed yet for people that are bootstrapping. And so I was a member of a co-working space and it was a lot more cutthroat. It seemed like people were uh, after the same piece of pie and everyone was, uh, was there with their fork. And so anytime you would share an idea, someone would be there scheming to try to take it away from you. And that's, that's not an environment that, that was good for me. And so even though it was a great co-working space uh, in terms of facilities, the uh, people there and the mindset of people that are doing a startup back in, back in California is completely different from the people out here. And what's insane is how many people I meet from California, even from like San Francisco, Silicon Valley area, who leave it <laughs> to come out here to start an online business. And you would think that would be the mecca for it. Uh, but before we get into all that, I actually want to go back five years and talk about where we first met because this is actually a, a very interesting story on how how much our lives change yeah so <laughs> for those of you that don't know I, I actually met Johnny a long time ago back when he was training at Tiger Muay Thai uh, and was running a uh, I can't even remember the the name of the website's name oh, it's called my fight camp oh my fight uh, and so you know the the way that I found Johnny or learned about him was I typed in cost of living in Phuket, Thailand, and I found one of his posts. And uh, I saw his blog, I saw pictures of him, and then when I actually went to go train at Tiger, I saw him, but we didn't actually talk. So, so kind of just back up, uh, for those who don't know, for the past five years, I've been blogging about how to live as cheap as possible while in <laughs> Thailand. And I had convinced myself that that was the best uh, way to go is just to lower your bills and live for as cheap as humanly possible. I never even, it never even occurred to me I should just make more money. 
but that that was my blog. It's I mean it's still up now. I still update it like once a month. It's my fight camp, and it's it's mainly about traveling to different Muay Thai gyms around Thailand and living as cheap as possible. And and he was so good at at convincing himself that living as cheap as possible was the right thing that I myself thought that it was the right thing to do. And so for the for the next two years, uh, I lived in Thailand as cheap as possible, training at Muay Thai gyms. And uh, through that, Johnny and I actually became friends when we were training at Phuket Top Team together. Yeah, and <laughs> I totally forgot about this. Because um, to me, you know, I, so I haven't seen Ben in four years now. And even though he's my friend on Facebook, he doesn't ever post anything. <laughs> uh, so when I saw him again... I was so surprised because he had gained about 40 pounds of muscle. <laughs> yeah, so um, when I was uh, living in Phuket and actually before that when I was uh, training and fighting professionally in China, uh, my weight class was 132 pounds um, and, oh, well, actually 129 pounds and I walked around at 132 pounds. And so <laughs> I've actually, uh, since October of this year, so it's been... Uh, about eight months, I've gained uh, 40 pounds uh, just through powerlifting. And so um, the reason why I got into powerlifting was because I ended up tearing my ACL and my MCL uh, completely. I've, I've completely snapped them. And so I was having serious, serious uh, knee issues and walking around with a limp for more than a year. And so after I finished all my rehab, uh, it took about one year to get to that point. Then I started powerlifting. And now, eight months later, I've, I've actually have more confidence in my knee joints now than I did pre-injury. And I attribute that 100% to heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, and other exercises that I did in my powerlifting program. Yeah, and definitely, I, I like that you're talking. You, he, so Ben's about to start another blog about powerlifting. Um, so... You can keep in touch with him uh, through the show notes. I'll link that up there once it's up and live. But I firmly believe in, you know, in these powerlifting type exercises. I got introduced to it through CrossFit. Uh, and I know a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about CrossFit. And I agree, you know, you probably shouldn't deadlift for time. Uh, it's, you know, it's a very easy way to hurt your back. But if it wasn't for CrossFit, I never would have even tried deadlifting or tried squatting. I mean, I'm 32 years old, so I, you would imagine I would have done this by by now, especially because I've been going to gyms since I was 18. Uh, I just never did it, you know? So I'm super glad that CrossFit introduced me to that. And I never want to, you know, heavy squat for time again. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an easy way to blow out a, a vertebrae or something. But um it, it works. I mean, if you look how jacked CrossFit athletes are, they are strong. You know, they are in shape. Uh, so it clearly works, but I think there are safer ways to do it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about uh, minimizing injuries, it's it's easy to minimize injuries if you do compound exercises because the entire uh, – the entire – uh, uh, well, all the links in the muscle chain are getting strong together. And so if you're doing like bodybuilding style workouts or you skip getting a good powerlifting base and go straight to Olympic lifts, uh, it's actually really easy to injure yourself and you see high injury rates in things like CrossFit uh, because people don't have you know six months or a year or two years of a good foundational base to make sure that all their joints are able to take these dynamic exercises uh, exercise loads and uh, do it for time. I'm going to share with you guys something that I, I don't think I've ever t told anyone, but when I was young, I was like 
18, maybe I was even 17 or something, uh, I got into biohacking, which is kind of the hot new trend now. I didn't realize it at the time. I just remember meeting a guy, some Kung Fu guy, who had these electrodes where he would, uh, he would put them to his chest. <laughs> and it was like the Bruce Lee, you know, electricity that, that would, you know, it's the equivalent of doing 100 push-ups a minute uh, just by sitting there and having it on. <laughs> so I started just putting it on while I was on AOL <laughs> on the, oh, the chat room. So for like three hours a day, I'd have these electrodes on and I never worked out. You know, I did this for like two or three months. And then one day I went to the gym and I started doing pull-ups. And prior to that, my, I was able to do maybe five pull-ups strict. And all of a sudden, without doing any other exercise, I did 20 pull-ups strict. And then I kept going. Whoa. I did 22, then 25, then 27. And on number 29, I fucked up my back oh goodness it was so bad that i i like i i knew i had to go home but i can hardly drive because i was driving a stick shift car and it was only you know half a mile so it was like a kilometer away so super close but it was the most painful drive of my life and i got home and i immediately collapsed and i, I, I and my my dad was like you know he, I mean, he wasn't very supportive he was kind of like what kind of what kind of stupid thing did he do now and thinking back, it was me trying to be Mr. Shortcut. <laughs> and I definitely agree that a lot of, you know, a lot of shortcuts work, and, but you have, to, you have to do everything correctly. I mean, you know, that's why it's so important, not just to, you know, to work out one part of your body, which look good, or to be able to, to do something. But now, now I'm turning 33 in two weeks, and all I care about is my health. I mean, when people ask me, you know, what do I do at the gym or you know, what's my diet? It's 100% of it is now going to be whatever makes me feel the best, whatever makes me feel healthy. Uh, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. And and to go back, actually, um, when I first met Johnny, to I mean, he was, he was a professional Muay Thai fighter. He was training twice a day. He was running. He was doing everything right. But just looking at his body, um, and he just didn't look healthy. And I remember because I'd been a few years into my paleo journey and a few years into uh, my sort of uh, Dave Asbury bulletproof lifestyle. And I remember Johnny actually making fun of me for uh, bringing my own salt and drinking straight coconut oil and having grass-fed butter. All these things that uh, I I see him doing now. And it's incredible to look at, at Johnny because it's been a few years since I've seen him. And so, you know, for folks that probably see him on a daily basis or every few months, it's not a big change. But for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't recognize him. Wow. And and not just physically, but mentally as well. I mean, it really seems like Johnny's in such a good place mentally and uh, to be honest, a completely different person. Uh, way, way more happy. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with diet. Um, I, I think so as well. And <laughs> what's crazy, so... I remember Ben was the first one to introduce me to this way of eating. By the time, it was way too out there. It was like, I actually didn't even know it was called paleo. I, I don't know back then if you even mentioned the word paleo. I just remember calling it the hippie diet. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, this guy's from Santa Cruz. <laughs> uh, I remember you making, you know, sh- uh, vegetable shakes in the morning. Yeah. Which yeah. I actually bought some. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and I remember how much of a pain in the ass was to clean that filter. And I was like, I will never do this on my own. 
Um, yeah, so that, that actually leads us to where, where we were both financially at the time, and we were in very similar places. Um, Johnny and I were both sort of out there in Thailand uh, hustling. And so, you know, uh, he was selling chia seeds, and uh, I don't even think he had monetized his blog yet, but he was doing just random things to make a little bit of money. And I remember uh, he, he had just finished um, scuba diving, uh, his last time and he was like I'm never gonna do it again it was just too much uh, I can't handle it and yes so the, the background story on that is you know I originally moved to Thailand because I went down on a vacation and I loved scuba diving I just did it once and I was like man this is the best thing in the freaking world and I was so mad that nobody told me about it earlier I mean, I, you had seen it on TV, but it seemed like something that was so out of reach for most people's reality. And when I got there and I did a one-day dive and I was like, man, this is the best. And I did my open water certification straight away. And I was like, this is awesome. And my instructor, uh, this guy named Rene Christophe, he said to me, he's like, hey, you know, you're a natural. Have you ever thought about being a dive master? And that's when I had the idea to to move out to Thailand on a whim and you know, bec- you know become a professional diver. And so all this is actually in the book. It's uh, called 12 Weeks in Thailand. If you guys haven't read it and you guys are curious, you know, if, if, if this story at least sounds interesting to you, this is basically what I've been doing for the last five years, uh, how I decided to quit my job and my journey into both Muay Thai and scuba diving and make my first dollar online. Uh, so I really think that if you guys enjoy this podcast, you guys will enjoy that book. Um, but I did scuba diving and I loved it for about a year. And then I, it became such a stressful, kind of frustrating job. It, it's, it's hard to describe, you know, it seems, you know, like the life, you know, you're on a beach, you're on an island and you got to take people underwater and it is fun. But I, I guarantee you, even if it's your favorite hobby in the world, but you're forced to do it day in and day out, even on days that you're not feeling well, even though on days that you're sick, uh, you'll hate, you end up hating it. Yeah. The Johnny that I met was really unhappy and, and I think that... Uh, you were burnt out. You, yeah, well, you, that's, that's the exact word for it. Yeah, uh, you, you were just really frustrated and burnt out. And I remember you deciding that, that fighting professionally was a better option and made more sense than being on a boat and on a beach. And so if, if that says anything to anyone out there, uh, it, was, it was not a good place. Well, I think, you know, I, I, don't, I never really shared this, but the, one of the big reasons why I decided to, to try my hand at, at professional fighting, I'm you know I'm no no means a you know superstar in fighting. I was I was okay. I was never that great, but I think it was more a challenge for myself because my entire life prior to that, I had been taking shortcuts my whole life. In school, I'd find the easiest way to pass a test. Uh, in you know in, in at work, I would find the way to slack off and still get you know not get fired. Uh, even with relationships, you know, like every literally everything in my life, I would just find a shortcut, and I thought. And I think it stems from my dad being the hardest working guy in the world. But, you know, he's, a, he's an immigrant from Taiwan and he just worked his butt off his whole, whole life. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I want to work smarter. You know, I want to, you know, I want to find the easiest way. But because of that, um, it's, I was at a crossroads where I was like, you know what? My entire life, I never worked hard at anything. Let me do something that I cannot talk my way out of. And if anyone's ever been in any kind of, you know, fighting competition, you you know, any kind of like boxing or jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai, uh, MMA, there's no, I mean, you, there's no shortcuts. <laughs> there's no talking way out of it. If you're in that cage or in that ring and you didn't put in the work, you didn't put in the effort, then it shows. Yeah. So the Johnny that I met 
um, was in that was at that crossroads to where he was starting to work hard. And something that really impressed me was was the fact that whenever Johnny fought, for those of you that haven't seen it, um, anytime Johnny fights, um, it's it's actually really impressive because to be honest, he, I mean, in truth, he's not the most technical, <laughs> but he's got heart and he has a will that he'll push through. And that's something that really impressed me. And the reason why uh, I, I'm, I'm allowing Johnny into my life as a friend because I, I respect um, his ability to push through. And if you watch any of his fights, he just keeps going. I mean, this guy, his volume of punches is incredible. And uh, he's got some hard kicks, but mostly his punches, and he just keeps coming forward. So he'll fight guys that are way more athletic, way be- way more experienced, uh, way more technically sound, and and he goes out there and he keeps fighting. And that's something that's really important. Um, and you know that he puts in the work because whenever you go into that ring, if you if you didn't cross your T's and dot your I's, you get exposed. And not one time in any of Johnny's fights, none of the ones that I've seen. Uh, has he been exposed? And that's a really true sh- uh, sign of good character is that Johnny's always gone out there, never cowered away, and always kept throwing punches. And that's something that I really appreciate and something that I really respect. As someone that's, that's fought myself, I really, really, really see how rare that is that somebody will go out there and keep swinging when the chips are down. Yeah, because, I mean, to be honest, most of those fights... You know, the guys were just better than me. They've had more experience. Uh, so in Thailand, it's pretty normal for, for Thai guys to start when they're really young. <laughs> they might start when they're like six years old or eight years old. So by the time they're in their 20s, they might have, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 fights under their belt. And I was walking in with like two fights or three fights. Uh, and even though I had, I was training my butt off, I was training, you know, twice a day. I was running. I was doing all this, you know, crazy stuff, you know, and I was on. I was eating, you know, like a low-fat, low-carb diet, thinking that was what was best for me. I was fat. I mean, if you look at any of the fights, I'll, I'll link to, you know, I don't really want to link to it because, to be honest, it's kind of a chapter in my life where, you know, I would almost, I, I don't Super, like looking yeah. back on. Yeah. But it's on my YouTube channel, so <laughs> I'm sure if you just kind of go back and, and look at some of the videos, you'll see I was super out of, out of shape. Um, you know, I was fat, even though I was training so hard. And... Um, Often, you know, and you know, most Thai guys aren't that big. So usually they were smaller than me, but they had 40 more fights than me. Yeah, and six packs. <laughs> yeah, and six packs. So the only thing I could do is I'm like, you know what? I just got to keep moving forward. I just, I like, and every time, every single time I got in the ring, I regretted it. You know, I, I kept thinking to myself, why am I putting myself through this? You know, this hurts. If, if anyone's never gotten punched in the face, it hurts, man. Like, it's, it, it's really a painful thing. But what I liked about it is I knew that I could not back out. I had to. I had to keep going forward, and I think that's what ha- has helped me in my business career as well. My, like, in, like let's say even in drop shipping, for the first two months I didn't make a single sale, but I just knew I had to. You know, I was broke, man. I was so like I don't understand. I don't know if people understand how broke I was. Uh, I was down to two hundred dollars, and my laptop had broken, so I had to borrow someone's laptop while building my first store, uh, and. At that same time, I fell through a floor and messed up my leg. So I couldn't, I, I, and I couldn't afford to go to the hospital, even though I needed stitches for it. So I, I, you know, I just used Neosporin. I changed my band-aids four times a day, but I knew like, this is not good. So my health was bad. I you know, I didn't have the tools to even, you know, build a website because I was on a freak. I was, at first I was borrowed someone's um, tablet, which was way too slow. And luckily this guy named Cameron 
who I hardly even knew, just some guy at Punspace, let me borrow one his spare laptop. And it was because of kind of what I've been through with Muay Thai that I knew it doesn't matter if all the stack, you know, all the chips are stacked against me, I have to keep pushing forward until I make it happen. And it's that mindset that I saw from afar because um, we actually were in the same place a, a few years ago uh, financially. And then what happened was I ended up tearing my knee. I went back to the States uh, to get some medical attention. And, you know, two or three years later, uh, I see Johnny and he posts on Facebook, hey, there's this thing called drop shipping. It works. And because I knew his character and I knew that he was the kind of guy that uh, wouldn't necessarily bullshit you, he's there to, uh, to just share uh, good, high-quality information and add value to the people around him. That's why I believed in him and I believed in the program. And although I knew that it would take a lot of hard work uh, on the front end, I, I knew that that Johnny and I had sort of similar mentalities in terms of our ability to just push through. And so uh, it took me three months, actually, three months, because I was going to school at the time and doing uh, an internship. Uh, it took me three months before I got my first sale. I ended up making about uh, a little under $500 my first month. The second month, I ended up making about 680 And then every month uh, for the next few months, I was making over $1,000. And so overall, uh, if you averaged everything up, I've been making a thousand dollars a month. You know, and that's, I mean, how many hours were you actually working on it after, after things were set up? Oh, tw 20, 20 minutes a week. <laughs> and so the email that you sent me with the Facebook message you sent me was, and I, I, I saved this because it was so inspiring to me when I read it. And to be honest, before you messaged me, and this was, uh, in May, for those, that month or two before, that was a point where I, the couple people I knew who had signed up for, for the course, you know, I just gave up because life, you know, life had gotten to them. You know, they got busy. They, you know, things come up, right? You know, and I was, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe not everyone can do it. And then when I got your message, I was like, you know what? I'm sh and I hadn't, I, I didn't hear from you for months before that. So I had no idea what was going on. But after I got your message, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll post this up, but I'll also read it right now. But this, would, this is what kind of gave me the confidence again. Be like, you know what? If someone wants to make it work, it, it works. You, you have to want it, and you have to put in the time and the effort and the work on the front end before you get any returns. <laughs> yeah. So the, the message you sent me was, after receiving your message above, uh, I spent the last few months with my nose, the grindstone, completed two internship programs, including podcast and web design. Uh, by January of this year, I was able to bring my dropshipping store to $1,000 a month in profit. And though I have all the tools I need to scale my business to the 5K range, I've been stuck at 1K a month due to the extreme cost of living in California and the fact that I'm forced to spend 50 hours a week working a regular job and I can't spend my time scaling the business. Uh, because of this, I'm never able to get ahead and I'm actually racking up $500 plus in credit card debt every month. After listening to your podcast this week, I've decided to take the plunge uh, and sell all my crap and move to Thailand. You're a rock star. I appreciate everything you've done and shared. Uh, see you at Pun Space the next few weeks. And uh, actually, <laughs> he, he didn't add this little bit, but um, at the bottom I said, you changed my life and from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I really mean that. Like, I, I certainly wouldn't be out here um, and I certainly wouldn't be an online entrepreneur if it weren't for Johnny sharing so much on his blog. 
And you know that, that's something that I really appreciate and something that I hope to pay forward in the future. And so I'm actually out here bootstrapping. You know, I'm not killing it online. I'm still, uh, still in the few hundred to a thousand dollar a month range, but um, I've just started a website called uh, bootstrappinghq.com where I'll list you know, uh, all of my living expenses and uh, all the unexpected costs and also you know, give some tips on places to go and things to do you can do on the cheap here in Thailand. And so this is something that I really uh, am passionate about and sharing because it's a resource that although Johnny's blog, johnnyfd.com, is a great resource for people that are already sort of making money online, uh, there's a whole missing step there of a few months where there's the struggle. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling myself. And, uh, you know, if, if I had a blueprint that, that someone could show me to say, hey, this is how much you need minimum before you come out here. This is what you can do to get there. And this is how much, um, this is how much everything costs it would make things way easier for me uh, and I would be an out here earlier. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's the main reason why I wanted you to have you on the podcast today is to show that, that step, you know, where, I mean, really, it doesn't take that much money. It's great that you have your, your store set up and you're already making a thousand a month because that actually is going to cover all your expenses. Um, Ben just found a super cheap apartment that's in a great location. Yeah, so I'm actually um, right next door to the main shopping shopping mall, and uh, you know there's there's cheap food all around, and uh, it's right on a main road, and the hotel room, which includes Wi-Fi, uh, a refrigerator, TV, hot water, a balcony, uh, a queen size bed, everything included, uh, only cost me about. Um, 4,000 baht. And so that's about, <laughs> that's about $126 per month. And so, you know, for $126 per month, that's, that's what I spend in two or three days um, living in California. And so it's, it's the cost of living here is so cheap that it's really, um, it's shocking. It's especially coming from an expensive place like California, where where base minimum ex expenses, even in you know a shared shared house or shared apartment, uh, living as cheap as possible, cooking all your own meals, you're still gonna spend you know uh, fifteen hundred dollars a month. It's it's really impressive to see that you know this month I'll probably you know doing absolutely everything I want, including you know uh, office space, uh, motorbike rental, hotel room food, uh, eating out every single meal, it's only going to cost me probably, you know, 750 bucks, maybe 800 at the absolute most. So I'm going to record all my expenses and post uh, it online or actually I'll send Johnny a copy and he can put it in the show notes. So you, so you can see, um, what my initial startup expenses are. And uh, you can follow my my blog, Bootstrapping HQ, to see absolutely all the expenses and how I get it done on the cheap. Yeah, and so it's episode 30, 39. This is, so it's travellikeabosspodcast.com, and then just look for episode 39, and we'll make sure we have all, all, all that on there. I just took a look at my blog, um, the Johnny FD blog, and I went back to the first post, and it basically, <laughs> it, there's only maybe like three or four posts um, of you know, the struggle. Cause I, I think at the time I was embarrassed to talk about it. I don't want to, I didn't want to say how broke I was, but 
you can tell, but if you kind of read between the lines, I get so excited um, talking about like how I how I paid. So subtotal for all fixed costs, rent, food, gym membership, fourteen thousand six hundred baht, which is four hundred eighty seven dollars a month. And I was basically, you know, that's what I was paying um, when I wrote that post in uh, in April two thousand thirteen. So about a, actually just a little bit more than a year ago. And then I think I wrote a post about like being super excited that I made $28 or something um, online one day. <laughs> so if you do kind of be in between the lines, you can, you can kind of see where I was coming from. But I, I do appreciate that Ben's going to, you know, just openly write about say, hey, look, I'm not here trying to, you know, pretend I'm cool. You know, I'm not going to try to, you know, impress anyone. I'm here bootstrapping my business and my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my main reason for coming out here, uh, not only the entrepreneurial scene and contacting other uh, uh, entrepreneurs and sharing ideas, uh, but also because what I need to scale my business up to, you know, from the $1,000 a month, month range up to the $5,000 a month range is time. And quite frankly, I don't have enough time in my month to be able to take care of all the, exp- uh, to be able to take care of all the tasks that I need to do to scale up. And so I'm going to start hiring. I'm gonna start hiring uh, in a few months. Um, I'm gonna start hiring staff. And you know, let's say I'm making $1,000 a month. My living expenses are 700 to 800. That's enough to hire a full-time Filipino uh, uh, VA full-time for uh, 40 hours a week for a whole month. Um, and so, I'm able to expand my business at, at double the rate. And I'm able to focus on uh, business development instead of all the day-to-day tasks that I've been spending uh, you know, 60 hours a week doing for the last, last few months. Now I'm in a place where uh, I'm gonna be able to scale up and uh, really take my business to the next level. Of course, I'm not there yet. I'm still in the bootstrapping stage, but in a few months, I'll start scaling up. You know, what's funny is I actually never really heard of the bootstrapping term until I was out here. And I didn't even realize what I, that that's what I was doing. Uh, I think it's gotten a lot more popular nowadays. But I think everybody should bootstrap until they they have a good amount of success under their belt. Because it just makes it happen so much faster. Like, for example, I don't even wa- I, I don't really measure what I spend anymore. Because the cost of living is so cheap out here that even if I was stupid about it... I would never spend more than 1500 a month. It's just, it's almost literally, it's impossible. Unless you're, I don't know, going out buying rounds of drinks for everyone or something. But I go out and I have steak like five days a week just because I enjoy it. And, um, you know, part of the Bulletproof diet is trying to eat as much like grass-fed steak as possible, grass-fed beef. And luckily, local Thai beef is, I, I think it's all grass-fed. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, you, you see these little uh, carabao walking around <laughs> uh, with rings through their noses and eating wild grass. So I'm, I'm pretty sure if you eat Thai beef, it's it's one of those. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, so life out here is just cheap enough where the only thing, the only measurement I actually have, and I wrote about this in my, my blog the other day, uh, I have a Google Chrome extension called Momentum, uh, and it is the coolest thing. It's, it's basically just a screensaver that every time you open a new tab, instead of it being blank, it shows a cool photo of the day, like a, like a background. It has a nice quote of the day. Uh, actually, let, let's see what today's is. I'm, I'm going to open it up. And it says, good morning, Johnny. Uh, dude, sucking at something is the first step 
to being sort of good at something. (laughs) And the background is this beautiful mountain range. It's in Robertplatz, somewhere in Switzerland. I can't pronounce it. um, But what's cool is there's a to-do list on the right that you can update for yourself. And then there's a focus of the day. It'll ask you, Johnny, what is your focus of the day? And every day I write down the same thing. I write, make $300. Uh, Sometimes I write, today is make $300 and enjoy, or some days it's make $300 and relax, or you know make $300 and go to the gym, right? But every day it's been make $300. And I never actually calculated what that means. To me, it was just, um, it was just a hard goal to make, but it was attainable, all right? It's, it's not impossible, but, but it's not easy to make. My calculations were if I make $100 a day, that's $3,000 a month, and that's enough to basically do whatever I want in Thailand. I mean, that's, that's, you can basically not only be here, but you can travel, you can save up, you can do other stuff. So that used to be my goal. It used to be make $100 a day. And I think that's a great starting goal for, for anyone. Uh, but as soon as I started hitting that pretty consistently, I was like, well, should I do 150? Should I do 200? And I was like, well, let me just try. You know, let me just try 300. And I started hitting it. And I've been hitting it pretty consistently. And for a while, I was actually, you know, kind of pushing the limits. And I wrote down one day, I was like, make $500. <laughs> and that day I hit it. So it's, it's kind of a, a weird thing where, you know, it's not that this app gives you magic powers, but it puts your intention in the world. And I really, really believe in this hippie BS of putting your attention in the world because it has worked. I mean, it, like, it's, it's insane, but this stuff works. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, certainly the, the biggest deciding factor for me uh, attaining my goals was writing them down. And, you know, I, I, I had lots of pressure from people around me telling me, write down your goals, write down your goals. Johnny's saying, write down your goals. And it took me a few months before I actually did it, but now uh, I'm I'm sold because uh, writing down your goals list and then reading it every morning, first thing you, when you wake up, you get so much more done. And you know I'm, I actually don't have this app yet, but I'm I'm gonna download it. It it looks fantastic. I'm looking at it right now, and and Johnny's goals list as well as his uh, his to do list for the day, uh, definitely inspiring. Yeah, and it's I mean that's all that that's really the biggest change I've made is just waking up in the morning and filling out what I want to do today and what my goal is for the day. And I sat down and actually did the calculation. And if you make $300 a day, especially if you make it through your online kind of passive business, semi-passive business, like at least location independent business, that means you're making $100,000 a year. That's a six-figure income. And that's not a six-figure income back in the US where half of it is taxes and then the other half is your expenses. So you end up with nothing. <laughs> no, instead, you, you got to bank it all. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I mean, imagine this. You make $100,000 a year, but your expenses, your rent for the entire year is $1,000. <laughs> I mean, and that's basically what, yeah. I mean, that's basically what you're paying, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, if, if I were to, were to uh, pay a whole year in advance, let's see. Uh, it, it would certainly be no more than $1,500, and that's including any upgrades or any, uh, any other uh, expenses that might come up, like, like new bed sheets and uh, you know, stuff like that. Oh, Johnny just did the math. It's actually $1,300 for an entire year, um, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. I, I must say that's, that's actually less than, than the rent of my condo uh, back of my two-bedroom condo back in uh, Santa Cruz. So that's that's pretty incredible. 
Yeah, and the nice thing about that is you can kind of just keep that place. So when you do travel, you know, it's cheap enough for you to just leave it. So I'm I'm getting ready to go to Europe for a month or two, and I'm just gonna keep my room because I'm only paying two hundred and ten dollars, I believe, a month for it. So it, it's to me, you know, it's just worth having a place to to call my own, to keep my stuff, um, and have a place to come back to. And mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where I'm, you know, if if somebody happens to want to live in it for the next two months. Um, you know, I might, might let them just use it or I might, depending who it is, you know, yeah. but, um, it's, it's cheap enough where you can do that back home, man. If you went on a, a vacation and you're still spending $1,500 a month on your rent, it's stupid because you're just leaving it empty. Yeah. And that's, that's a big difference that I notice here. Um, compared with, uh, California is that because of the low cost of living, it seems like, um, I don't know how to say this, but it seems like everyone back in the States is depressed. <laughs> and coming out here, there's so many smiles on people's faces, uh, far fewer arguments or folks uh, giving dirty looks. And it's something that I've noticed here is that um, uh, there's definitely a sense of goodwill between everyone, which you don't necessarily get back in the States. It's a little more cutthroat. And here, um, there's a lot less, uh, it seems like there's a lot less depression, uh, lots more smiles on people's faces. And, you know, I, I was in San Francisco and, and, uh, Santa Cruz. And even though those are really cool places in the States, you know, consider some of the best cities in terms of, you know, quality of life and, uh, and the overall, um, well-being of, of the people, it's not a comparison. Uh, com- coming out here, it's it's like every everybody's on antidepressants just naturally. It's sunny all the time. It's uh, nice, nice and warm, and uh, you never have to wear you know two 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 sweatshirts because it's foggy. Everything's really nice, and um, the people <coughs> reflect that. You know, when I lived back in the U.S., you know, I lived in San Francisco for the first 19 years, and I lived down in Orange County. LA, San Diego for the, for the next eight years or so. So, you know, two of the best places in, you know, in California, maybe in the US, maybe even in the world, depending on who you ask. But I was constantly, you know, going through unhappy stages. Um, my entire life, I would say my entire adult life, I would go through the stages where I would just be depressed for no real reason. Um, I, it would just happen. And it doesn't happen very often now, but once in a while, so once every few months, I get a day where I just don't, you know, I just don't feel nice. You know, I just feel like a little bit down and there's not really any reason for it. Uh, and I know that is a day where I'm feeling down is because when I start refreshing my Facebook feed, <laughs> hoping for another update or seeing like, you know, what's going on and like almost looking for like bad news or like kind of just, you know, wallowing, you know? And the good thing about it is now, uh, I'm just like, you know what, let me shut down my laptop, let me go for a walk, and it's sunny, and it's nice out, and I really don't have any stress out here, and literally within a day, it's completely gone, and I feel and I feel great the next day, while back in the U.S., that could last a month or longer, and, you know, for no reason, so if anyone, you know, ever kind of goes through something like that, I mean, part of it, I'm, I'm sure, is, is also diet and exercise, so I do want to talk a little bit more about that uh, right after this, well, since I have you here, but... A lot of it's just the lifestyle. And there's a lot of things that I, forgo- I forgot about back in the US that stress people out. Like things like parking, uh, getting tickets, getting like paying meters. You know, people like stress about the stuff. And I haven't had to do any of that in five years being out here. Uh, actually, another thing that adds a lot of stress is food. And um, 
One thing that I noticed back in the States is that it costs so much to eat out that most people, you know, they, they eat out once or twice a week, but then the rest of the times they're making food. When you're making food, it, it's not just the uh, investment of time that it actually takes to prepare, but you actually have to go to the store, drive to the store, walk around, bump into people, grab stuff off the shelves, come home, prepare everything or prep everything and then cook. And so you end up spending probably, you know, uh, 10 hours of your week cooking uh, food and when you're out here, you don't necessarily have to do that. And cleaning up. Yeah, cleaning up. <laughs> and, you know, actually, you'll spend probably 15 hours a week uh, with, with prep, uh, cooking, and shopping. And that's 15 hours extra a week that you can spend uh, working on your stores, building a new site, building a new blog, or uh, just vacationing. All right, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, about diet. So Ben was actually the first person I've ever met who ate kind of this this paleo lifestyle this bulletproof lifestyle and at the time i wish you know i wish i knew more about it or i wish i was more ready for it but at the same time it was very extreme the, the way that you ate at the time uh i remember you cooking a, a meal for me and i thank you for that and i remember it just being like a little like a plate with like a couple pieces of vegetable like a little tiny portion of meat like a little tiny piece of this and i ate it and thinking you know, it's like, man, I, I, I can't live off of this. Um, but I do remember you're the first one to ever mention the word inflammation. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had no idea what that was. I never even heard of the term. And my solution to that was to take ibuprofen every day. Oh, no. <laughs> which is the worst thing you could do. I actually I threw away two bottles of ibuprofen. I actually came here with two Costco-sized bottles of it. Oh, my goodness. Like 700 count each. Oh, my goodness. And I threw them away just because I don't want them in my house. Um, and it's, it's such a stupid thing for, for me, but I think a lot of people do this is we hear, Oh, okay. Yeah. You need more vitamin, whatever, or you need more, whatever, like, Oh, what's the easiest way? Let me take a pill for it. Um, but if, until you get your diet and exercise and sleep in order, none of that stuff matters. So for the past four months, I haven't taken any supplements at all. Uh, I literally have take, I threw away all my vitamins, got rid of everything and just actually last Last two days, um, I started taking some fish oil, some vitamin D, um, and that, that's really it. I don't take a multivitamin anymore, but my diet and everything is so good here that it's, you, you don't need it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned uh, how strict I was in the past because I'm not nearly as strict now. Um, in the past, I, I was dealing with, well, actually here, let me go way back. So the reason why I got interested in diet was because... When I was eight years old, my my family, we were uh, camping out on Long Island, and I ended up getting bit by a uh, tick. And we didn't really think anything of it, and then I developed this big bullseye rash. Uh, it really, it was like a bright red center, and then, you know, regular skin, and then another big bright red uh, uh a circle around it and we took it to we took my arm to the uh park ranger and uh he pointed to a sign that said you might have lyme's disease and you know the park ranger said oh don't worry about it it's not a big deal and you know i didn't think anything of it until i was uh 16 and i was living in china training and uh fighting sancho which is a style of kickboxing out there um and i ended up uh breaking my arm and uh, I also uh, hurt one of my knees uh, in a fight. And it brought my immune system down low enough that I ended up losing about 40 pounds of muscle, 
uh, and got really, really sick over the course of just two or three months. And so I was really, uh, really, really in a bad spot. I ended up uh, calling my parents and saying, hey, th these are my symptoms. The doctors here don't know anything about it. They say that they can't find anything wrong with me. My dad, um, this is when Google just started. He, he put the symptoms into Google and it came back with Lyme's disease. And he was like, oh, wait a second. Remember when we were on Long Island and you got that bite mark, you might have Lyme's. So I ended up flying back to the States. I got tested the same day I arrived. I was basically on death's door and it turns out I had Lyme's. And so what happened was my immune system was so strong uh, as a kid that it's just stayed in remission until I was 16. And then when I was 16, my immune system got so low that Lyme's came out. And so I ended up doing all the conventional, uh, I went the entire conventional medicine route at the time. I got a PICC line, which is a two foot long tube that goes from your arm, goes inside the vein and goes straight to your heart. And so you can, um, uh, you can get injections of uh, either painkillers, chemotherapy, or um, antibiotics. And so I was taking a mix of everything. And at the time, they were giving me extremely high doses of, uh, of liquid uh, antibiotics and chemotherapy and all sorts of other stuff that was not just um, wrecking my immune system, but killing all the good flora and fauna in my gut. And that's one thing that really, really, really messed me up for a couple years was uh, the, the damage that taking high doses of antibiotics did to my gut health. And so I ended up over the course of six months getting sicker and sicker and sicker, even though I was doing all the quote unquote right things according to uh, Western medicine. And so what happened was I decided one day enough was enough. Like I'm going to die if I continue doing this. And so I just started listening to my body and eating a, a uh, vegetable heavy, um, high fat diet. And you know, this was back in 2006. So this was, oh, actually that was, <laughs> it was actually before that. <laughs> this was actually way back in, uh, 2004. And, uh, and so I ended up going on this uh, uh, modified paleo diet before Google was around for me to really like research and learn about it. And so I just did it naturally and it basically cured me. Um, uh, it's now been about four years since I've had any symptoms and I could take a blood test right now and Lyme's wouldn't show up. And so Lyme's is considered an uncurable disease, a, uh, a, a, uh, bloodborne illness that is uncurable and will stick with you for life. But I feel just through my own personal experience that correct diet, exercise, and living a, a holistic grass-fed lifestyle is really the way to go for optimal health. All right. Dude, I, I, that's so cool that, I mean, you basically cured Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And I do, I do believe that if you break your leg or something, go to the hospital. All right. But if your leg breaks every single month for the next five months, you know, it's there's something else wrong. Well, right? Western medicine is fantastic at at curing trauma. So if if like if you have a broken leg, they can fix you up uh, and and throw you out the door. But 
something that it's not good at is preventing disease. And most diseases, in my opinion, and most illnesses, and most um, things that are considered uh, genetic diseases can actually be cured or prevented through diet. Because you know, if you look at your body, every single cell in your body is made up through um, what you ingest. <laughs> and so basically everything you eat are the, is, the, is the building block uh, are the raw materials that your body uses to build the uh, to build your body, and so your 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 immune system, the bacteria that are living in your gut, your your skin, your muscle, your your brain, everything is made up of what you eat. And so, if you're injecting yourself with with sorry to be frank, but crap, you're going to have crap building blocks. Well, here's the thing is, you know, a lot of people, they, they make fun of me because I, I only, I try to only eat grass fed beef, butter, all this stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, that's some hippie stuff. But think about it. All beef used to be grass fed. All right. All butter used to be grass fed. All butter used to be butter. There used to be no, you know, no such thing as margarine, no such thing as um, canola oil or some, you know, vegetable oil even. The only thing that, that we're doing is we're just going back and eating no, like real food. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really it. I mean, it, it, when it breaks down to it, it's just eat real food. Um, a great guide for it is just go to go look up Dave Asprey, the, the Bulletproof Executive, the Bulletproof Diet. Uh, we both follow a, I, I know I follow Bulletproof Diet, and you, you follow something very similar to that, right? Yeah, actually, um, I, I do something similar, although uh, I'm focusing more now um, on incorporating a lot more vegetables. And I know that Dave, Dave Asprey says, you know, eat vegetables just when you feel like it. But since I went full, full uh, uh, bulletproof, I think just for my own body chemistry, eating vegetables is really important for me. Uh, you know, I think so as well. Actually, I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I eat a crap load of vegetables. Uh, so my normal diet is breakfast, bulletproof coffee, lunch, veggies, eggs, and a little bit of meat. Uh, and then dinner, I... Five days a week, I have a small grass-fed steak. Um, I would say it's less than eight ounces. I, I don't know what it is out here. Probably, yeah, it's definitely less, less than eight ounces. But I, I only go to places that have either an all-you-can-eat salad bar, and I have like two or three big salads, uh, or I'll just order a big salad on the side. So that's that's basically my diet. So lots of fat, lots of vegetables at night, um, you know, and then some meat. Yeah, uh, I've I've actually since I started powerlifting, um, I've my body has been craving more energy, and so I've started incorporating a lot more uh, carbohydrates. And so, uh, you know, some people put down carbohydrates, but um, I've been noticing really good uh, muscle gains and also mental clarity after so many years of of a strict paleo diet. Just the past few months, even though I've certainly gained body fat, I've also gained a lot of mass and also feel much more mentally clear because I've added um, carbohydrates in. Of course, I'm not going crazy with it, but I add lots of fat with my carbohydrates so it processes slower and uh, just make sure that I'm eating uh, like a sweet potato or a regular white potato with lots and lots of butter, lots and lots of uh, coconut oil, and I'll even have white rice as long as I add lots of coconut oil with it. And that sounds like it tastes good as well. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, certainly very delicious. And it's important to note that 
when you're eating carbohydrates, have lots of fat with it, maybe some salt with it as well. And the reason why is because the, the fat allows the carbohydrates, the energy trapped in the carbohydrates to process slower and be more time released. And if you add salt as well, it helps you to regulate your hormones and make sure that um, your insulin doesn't spike and get out of control. And so just, just make sure that you have lots and lots of fat anytime that you have carbohydrates. So I like this. Uh, once, once a week, I've been having sweet potatoes or white rice as well, just to kind of, uh, I, I really believe that you can't do anything too strictly or you kind of need a balance in life. So for, for me, once a week, rice or sweet potatoes, lots of flat, fat, I'm also coconut oil and uh, grass-fed butter. So it seems like we're, we're kind of on the same track and we're going to be the same weight very soon, which is, <laughs> which is very funny. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm only five foot four. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm really trying to maximize my genetic potential. You know, uh, I've, I've been a combat athlete my entire life and, you know, I've been uh, doing jujitsu, doing uh, kickboxing and... So Ben actually won the U.S. Open in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu last year. (laughs) Actually, two years ago, before I got my knee injury. Um, And then I competed at the uh, Gracie World Championships, which is a submission-only competition, and ended up getting second place. Um, So a high-level guy, I like that. And so my goal is not to be the most aesthetically pleasing guy, but instead be really strong and sports-specific. And so I'm really interested in overall health. I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. Instead, I'm trying to uh, be a power lifter and somebody that has overall strength that's directly translatable to athletic performance. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. I'm kind of in the same boat where I only, I just want to be healthy, but I, I wouldn't mind looking good as well while being healthy, but no longer is it about, you know, getting the best times or, you know, getting the best, you know, lifting the most amount of weight. It's it's all specific to to what I get out of it. Yeah. And I, I think you'll just naturally, naturally be aesthetically pleasing, uh, appealing if, um, if you're healthy yeah. and that's, what's really important. So uh, get on that guys. <laughs> yeah. And actually, um, you know, I'm only, uh, 170 pounds right now. I started at 132 pounds in October. And so it's been eight months and I've gained 40 pounds. I expect to gain, uh, 30 more pounds and go all the way up to 200 and I'm at 199 today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to uh, uh, add more carbs to my diet, add a lot more fat to my diet, and try to go up uh, a few hundred calories um, every day until I get to 200 pounds. And then once I hit 200 pounds, I'm going to cut down and be uh, hopefully a ripped 170. Okay. I like it. Uh, I think I'm going to stick around 185 or so and just be like a ripped 185. I'd be happy well, with you're, that. You're looking good right now. I've, I, I've got to say, that. even when Johnny was working out twice a day and was really a professional athlete, he's never been in better shape. And I, I attribute all of that to, to diet and being intelligent about exercise. So yeah, keep following the blogs because I talk about it once in a while. I know most of you guys are following because of the travel and the business and entrepreneurship, but uh, I really think it, it all comes hand in hand. Uh, and I've been doing a new, new experiment. I'm not going to talk about it just yet because I like to make sure things work before I, I start getting hundreds of people that are listening to, to start doing it as well. Uh, but for the last couple of days, I've been experimenting with something, uh, basically to change my diet a little bit f- for breakfast and lunch. So I have energy the whole day and it's been working. It's been, I've been having the three most productive days of, of my life, working you know, seven to four without the crash, without being tired. Uh, so I'm going to write a blog post about that in the next few weeks. So kind of keep an eye out for that. 
that's that's about it. Right? Anything you want to you want to throw in there? Um, if anyone's interested in getting more information about sort of this grass-fed lifestyle, I'm starting a podcast called Grass-Fed Lifestyle Podcast, and you can find that at grassfedlifestylepodcast.com. You can also follow the entire grass-fed journey and get tons of free uh, information on the grass-fed lifestyle from the grassfedlifestyle.com. Okay, awesome. And if they want to follow your your bootstrapping uh, HQ site? Uh, yeah, then uh, if you want to follow my bootstrapping journey and are interested in uh, the real cost of living and the real struggles and triumphs of someone coming out to Thailand and bootstrapping their business, you can uh, <laughs> get all that information at bootstrappinghq.com. Okay, cool. And if you guys want to sign up for the same dropshipping course that both me and Ben did, it's antonmethod.com. And uh, I'm pleased to announce that I just became a Shopify partner. So I'm allowed to give you guys all 20% off your Shopify plans for life. Uh, I don't have a link for it yet, but it's on my blog, uh, johnnyfd.com. Uh, and I'll, I'll make sure I have a link to it here on the show notes as well. So if you just go to travelikeabosspodcast.com under recommended resources, I'll throw that up there. And I think it's super cool that they, they reached out to me and basically said, hey, you know, do you want to give a special discount to all your listeners? Uh, so thank you guys all for all of your support. Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great seeing you again. And we're going to be seeing a lot of each other. It's both out here in Chiang Mai. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to everyone who's left five-star reviews on the iTunes store. You guys are the ones that basically spread the word and make it easier for other people to find this podcast. So thank you so much for recommending it to your friends and family. Even people that just share it on their Facebook wall, just tell a friend about it. And I'd actually like to thank everybody that support that have supported me um, uh, in my journey as well. And you know, even though I'm just starting my bootstrapping journey, there's been a lot of struggle previous to this of me trying to deal with uh, the mental uh, leap from somebody that works for a living to somebody that builds their own business. And so, a uh, big shout out to my friends, family, and everybody in Santa Cruz. Nice. Uh, so. Money Free, the most down-to-earth, inspiring, and entertaining podcast. Uh, what's it say? Johnny tells it as it is, and I highly recommend checking out his podcast uh, because not only is it inspiring, but entertaining at the same time. Uh, Jens Drew, Jensen Drew says, awesome. This podcast is awesome. <laughs> not only does Johnny give the tips and advice on becoming a successful entrepreneur, he also gives you great tips and advice on travel and a variety of other things, not to mention some good stories. Highly recommended. And last but not least, M. Afrin. Hi, Johnny. For some reason, his last message got deleted. So he's in Anton's course uh, as well. And he says, your T-Lab podcast keeps me motivated in the mornings as I commute to work. It gives me the belief that it's not only possible to escape the shackles of corporate America. Uh, I like the episode and it provided... The fulfillment by Amazon episode that he's talking about. Uh, not only did it provide FBA uh, as a business model compared to dropshipping, but I think it's the next natural step I feel dropshippers can take on to build their own brand yet maintain the no inventory thing. Anyway, keep up the good work. So thank you guys so much. Uh, keep in touch. My blog is johnnyfd.com. Go to travellikeabosspodcast.com and check out all the stuff in the show notes. I'm going to link up to all of Ben's stuff as well as a few other little goodies for you. Uh, so peace out, guys. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. 
See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.